stuff tonight. Welcome to Fat Guy Loves Cake. I am Joey Valentine. It is December 29, 2023, 12-29-23. It's Friday. We are almost to the new year. The new year is almost upon us. We are so close to 2023 being over and finally getting on to a, a year. I mean, not that 2023 was a bad year. I'm not, you know, looking forward to saying goodbye to it. I know a lot of times people will say, oh, I'm so glad for this year to be over as if magically on January 1st, life is going to get so much better. It's not, you know, life is what you make it and life is a struggle and sometimes it goes well and sometimes it goes bad. I've never had a whole year where I've said, wow, that was just like the worst year of my life. Every freaking day, every month was just terrible. Yeah, bad things happen. But if 365 days a year life was terrible, then why even bother attempting to live? Not that I'm advocating for you to kill yourself. I'm just saying life is, you know, like I said, life is what you make it. And this year, well, for me, especially was great. You know, I met someone very wonderful and I, I mean, not this year, but, uh, you know, I've been with her for the past year and I have, my job has gotten great. It's taking up way too much of my time now. Uh, but I have a brand new truck and my YouTube channel is starting to grow exponentially and that's awesome. And I don't want to jinx myself here. I mean, I'm still having bad days. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Yesterday, I fucked up really bad and cost my company $2,000 in one fail swoop. And I it wasn't even so much the money as it was the getting yelled at and being called a retard, which I am for making that mistake. Uh, also, uh, I'd like to say while I'm thinking about it, Carlos, out in... Uh, I don't know specifically what part of California you're in. I'm assuming San Francisco because you're super gay. Um, but Carlos from Nerds Talking the Podcast texted me yesterday and he said, Hey, are you all right? Because I didn't do a show Wednesday. This is two days later. I don't really know if I'm gonna like plan on keeping the show going on a specific day so much as just doing it when I have time and you guys just check in and see if there's a new one posted. Uh, but I will try, I, I, I will try to, to never miss one, you know, a week, but Carlos texted me and he said, Hey, you okay? You know, there's no show. And I was like, man, that is just so cool. You know, it's, it, it's little things like that, that make life so wonderful to know that someone is thinking about you. I mean, he's all the way across America. You know, I'm in Texas, he's in California and he took the time out of his day to check on me to make sure I'm okay. And it's just like, that's so cool, man. And every now and then grant over from England, he'll check in on me. And man, that is what life is all about. You know, having people that really genuinely would miss you if you were not around. And, uh, so I guess, be thankful, you know, for those people 
If you're going to have any kind of New Year's resolution, here's a good one. Uh, really, really enjoy. No, not enjoy. Uh, I mean, yes, enjoy, but uh, uh, don't take for granted the the little things, the wonderful things in life that make life worth living. And by that, I mean, like, like, take, for instance, you ever been without electricity? And I don't mean for like 20 minutes while the electric company was working on a line that was down or something. I mean, like really been without electricity. Like I lived through Hurricane Ike, which came through and ravaged Houston. I mean, absolutely destroyed it. We got some wonderful footage of that uh, that I filmed afterwards. And it, 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 the hurricane came through, and with hurricanes come, I did not know this, lots of tornadoes. And the tornadoes uprooted trees everywhere, monstrous trees. I'm sure I've mentioned this before in the past, but uh, I went six weeks without power. And, and I'd, it's, it's so weird to say it out loud, to think about that was how long it was. Because it, and you think you get used to it, right? You'd be like, oh, after a week or two, you kind of adapted. No, you never get used to it. It sucks. I don't know how humanity survived without power. I don't know how humanity survived without a lot of the amenities that we have, like air conditioning, uh, being able to shower, being able to have hot water, things like that. I don't get it. I, I, all I can think is that prior to the invention of like the airplane, the combustion engine, and electricity, that humanity was gross and stinky and... <laughs> And if it wasn't for the fact that men are gross and stinky, then we would have never procreated and kept this planet alive. If we weren't led around by our dicks and willing to sleep with gross, stinky women who were unable to shower, then humanity would have died out a long time ago. I know if it were up to me, it sure would have, because I would not be having sex with gross, stinky women back in the 1800s and prior to. So... My point is, is that you don't really miss something sometimes until it is gone. And electricity is one of those things. You don't come home every day from work and go, ah, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for my electricity being on because it could have been off, you know, or thank you, Lord, for me having two working legs because think about it. You don't think about stuff like that, right? You don't wake up in the morning and go, man, it's good to have legs. Legs are awesome. It's great to have thumbs. It's great to have my eyes and my ears because you've had them your whole life. You've never been at risk. Most of us have never been at risk of not having any of these things. But I tell you, when they're gone, you will fucking know it. They will surely <laughs> be missed. So my... My proposal to you, fat guy listeners, is for New Year's, think about the things that you truly have taken for granted, not intentionally, not because you're a bad person, but think about the things that you've taken for granted because you just have gotten so used to the idea of them being there and, and that the idea that they'll always be there. And I mean, take stock of people who love you, people you love, animals, friends. Uh, maybe even coworkers, uh, the things that, like I said, and, and things like amenities, like electricity, food, water, it might make you shine a little bit of a different, 
uh, light on on your life and and other people's. Jelly Bean, stop it! <laughs> Jelly Bean is sharpening her claws on my freaking wicker shelf. I thought I heard something crack. I thought it sounded, it sounded like bones cracking in my ears. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I will not be editing this show, so you just have to deal with the Jelly Bean crinkle crackle. So. Um, Take stock of those things and be appreciative of them. It, you might find like that you've been going a long time without being appreciative. And when you show someone, maybe there's someone that you see every day that you haven't uh, you haven't told them how much you appreciate them. You can uh, you can really really change how they feel. It could be no bullshit. It could be the small short line between someone wanting to continue living and not. You know, is telling someone because I'll tell you right now, as a as someone who's had multiple friends commit suicide, uh, that you never see it coming. People who are serious about taking their lives almost always give you no indication. Uh, you, you know, I, I mean, I'm telling you, like, if I had to take stock of all my friends and pick the ones that I thought would end their lives, the two that I know that did, I would have put in the absolute last place because you just don't know what lies in the hearts of men. You don't know what that goes on in someone's mind. Only they do. So maybe it'd be a good idea to go up to someone that you haven't told to in a long time and say, Hey, um, I really, really, do care about you and I appreciate you and I love you and I'm glad that you're part of my life. You make life worth living. I know this sounds kind of like preachy, but I, I, you know, we're coming up on a new year and new years means new year's resolutions. And I think that it would be, uh, I'm, I'm always striving to somewhat make the world a better place. That's why I get, I've become so involved politically uh, it's because I want to make, you know, on my other show, Joey Valentine, the JV show, I want to want to make people aware of, of injustices and miserable things going on in my country that I love so much. Uh, I'm not out to just, you know, make a name for myself. Uh, I'm not out to to get attention. I mean, I of course, I am involved for, into in it, involved in it for those things. I do love attention and I do want to be famous. But the main goal of the JV show is. Uh, that I want people to understand that there are things wrong with this country and how they can be fixed. And do I think I'm right? Yes. Do I, I know I'm right. I know that I, I understand that I have morals that I believe strongly in that are good for everyone in society. And I believe I am inclusive enough to the point to where we can all live happily and we don't have to be crybabies. And, uh, and, <laughs> but I won't get into that. That's, you know, we're I'm trying to stay on a positive note here. Go up to someone, tell someone that you love that maybe you haven't told in a long time because it could be just what they need, you know, that could change their whole life, change just like, it's wonderful, man. I, I, I'm talking like this because this really sparked something in me. You know, I'm sitting there and I had like the worst day of my life yesterday. I really did. And I came home and I'd finally gotten through this 24 hours of dealing with this mistake that I'd made. And, and feeling terrible, and I lost a whole night of sleep and and then trying to come up with a solution to make my boss happy to fix this problem. And 
and I finally like the, I was just exhausted by the time I got home from work, and then my you know, and I've been been getting texted and called all day, you know, dealing with work, friends, and et cetera. And then I get a text, and, and I'm like, oh, what now? And then there's Carlos. And Carlos says, you okay? Just checking on you. And I told him, I said, man, I said, that is so cool. You know, like, you have no idea how much you just changed my entire mood for the rest of this evening. And he said, I don't think people do it enough. I don't think people check on each other enough. And it got me to thinking, man, he's right. You know, we... I mean, there are certain people that I do, you know, Vandy and Beef and <laughs> nicknames. But I don't want to say people's real names on here, but A.A. Ron and, and Vandy out in Austin, you know, like my two best friends in the world. And I'm always in contact with them. Uh, Beef's got kind of a thing going on where he's too busy with his. He's got three daughters and God bless him for having the patience to as a man as a as a man like him uh to have nothing but daughters and to to dote on them so much to love them so much and to be so dedicated to them uh i will never ever get jealous and it would never ever be like what's your problem why don't you call me because he's a very dedicated father and i'm i respect the hell out of him for that and vandy too vandy's a hard worker and he's got a, a daughter that's pretty young and that's pretty brave for someone as old as he is to have a child at 40. And uh, <laughs> if I'm doing the math right, I think that his daughter is like six. And I know Aaron's 47. Uh, yeah, I just doxed you, Aaron, on your age. <laughs> uh so uh, it'll be cool, though, because when his daughter graduates high school, he'll just be getting Social Security. So that'll work out well. <laughs> he can use it to pay for college. <laughs> um, so uh, to my loved ones out there that uh, and I, I think I'm pretty good about keeping in contact with everybody. But uh, if I if I haven't, then give me a shout. Give me a text. And tell me, hey, what's your problem, fuckface? Why haven't you talked to me in a long time? I'm going to try and be more active in the people I love. Uh, but you know what? A, a lot of times people who love you don't need to be told to contact you. And I, I have to tell you right now, I feel the love coming from all over the place, man. You know, Casey in Houston and Casey's wife, Brooke, both two very special people to me, text me all the time. And they have no reason to because I never text them. But I think about them all the time. I love them very much. And they have a beautiful family. And if you're listening, Casey, which I, I know you are, I love you. I love you, Brooke. And I'm so happy that you guys have this wonderful marriage. And I hope everything's going very swell for you. And I guess that's really all I have to say on that subject. I've spent 15 minutes on it now. And that's enough. So let's get to the, uh, Let's turn on the gross meter and be Joey Valentine and what he's known for. And let's talk about something a little more adult. I have a special surprise for you today. I came across something on the internet called the unspoken rules of sex. It's 17 rules. I don't know who came up with them. It, there's no one. Actually, it has the Playboy bunny uh, next to it. Now, it's obviously satire. 
but yet uh, they are still hilarious. So I wanted to read you these rules and maybe you could get a chuckle out of them. And I'm going to discuss whether I believe that they are actual rules or not. So are you ready? Are you prepared? <laughs> this is the part of the show where you put the kids in the other room or you pause it because your in-laws are in the car listening because we are about to get, you know what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> Unspoken rules of sex, 17 of them on the list. Here we go. Number one. Oh, and I want to say before I start that I only read like the first couple of them and I was like, okay, I got to have this. So I'm going to kind of ad lib here. Number one, 50% of the time. A woman saying, don't stop, I'm about to come, will make you come and ruin her orgasm. It's a cruel glitch that hasn't been patched. Yes and no, I suppose. When I was younger and I was full of testosterone, I'm not going to lie. I was a three-pump dump kind of guy. I was in and out. <laughs> Record speed. They called me lightning. <laughs> Because I'd be like this. Oh, yeah, I'm going to rock your world, girl. Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, uh. <laughs> I remember thinking when I was younger, I'd be like, I'm having sex. And then immediately that was it. That's all. That's about as long of a thought as I got in before it was over. But as you get older and as you learn that alcohol can make you last longer, you learn to... Uh, to, I don't know, I guess it's different for everyone, but man, when I was younger, it was like the wind could blow right and I could just blow in my pants. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on here. Number two, wash your genitals. I guess we can all agree with that. God, I hope. I don't know, man. I, I got some, I know some people. I know some people. Uh, I work with some people who seem to like women dirty. And that's all I'm going to say on that, because it's gross. Uh, number three rule about uh, unspoken rules of sex. Don't lie about being on the pill. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I don't know why anyone would do that, unless they were intentionally trying to get preggers. That's stupid. Number four. The difference between fetish and felony is checking beforehand. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. The difference between fetish and felony is consent, probably. Uh, yeah, you're gonna if you're gonna want to beat someone, whip someone, tie them up, uh, ask. You're gonna wanna, you're gonna want to make sure that they're okay with that. All right, rule number five: If you're using anal beads, not pull them out and say, "And the winning Powerball numbers are." <laughs> That is funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, number six, as a guy, it's an unspoken law to alert your partner before you come. As a guy. As a, okay, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> uh, what? Like, people just don't say anything? What, you don't make... You, I couldn't imagine just, like, silently coming to climax just like you're doing your thing you're like well okay cool thanks that would be very odd uh let's see number seven 
Don't blow into the vagina. Don't blow into the vagina. Sorry. <laughs> like a bottle? <laughs> All right. Well, here's a part B on that. Don't have a vagina that makes a noise like an old whiskey jug when you blow on it. <laughs> uh, okay. Number eight. If you fart whilst receiving a blowjob and they keep going like nothing happened, you are required to buy your partner something shiny and valuable. Who does these things? I've never, ever, ever let one squeak. No, never let one cross the goal line during fellatio. That is, I mean, I understand, you know, you get very, very relaxed during that act, but... If I was even close to having gas and in that situation, I'd be like, hold on, hold on. Uh, let me let me go crop dust the bathroom and I'll be right back. But even then, it'd be like, you know, you don't want to go and like fart in another room and then come back with fresh butt nuggets and then be like, okay, as you were. That's just inconsiderate. If you had to fart and she was down on you, I would suggest moving on to sex and then blowing ass. I mean, that'd be awesome, right? Like, you know, you just, you're, you're, you're going and it's like thwack, 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 fart, thwack, fart. <laughs> you're like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh yeah. Oh girl. Oh yeah. That's the one right there. That's the best one. If you were having sex and you were farting, it'd be the whip. <laughs> You go, hop, 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 oh, oh, hop, oh, oh, right there, oh, oh. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Okay, I'm stupid. All right, uh, moving on. Number nine, take a pee after you have sex. It will help prevent infections. Well, nothing funny about that. That is true. You know what's funny? Uh, women, you may or may not know this, but if a guy doesn't pee immediately after sex, then some of that will get trapped in the front part of the penis. And when you do go to pee, because it is solidified uh, into a, you know, and you know how semen is, it dries, it gets crusty, and it creates like this blockage. And so when you go to pee, it shoots in like three different directions except for straight. It's like up and to the left and then to the up left and you'll pee all over the wall if you uh, if you don't flush that excess out after sex. I've never had sex and not peed afterwards. That's like the best feeling. Number 10, one does not just oops it into the back door. <laughs> I, I have never tried to oops into the back door. I'm not a fan of the back door. I believe the back door has a job. If that's your thing, that's your personal business. Number 11, if you receive oral, you should return the favor. Eh, whatever, I guess. <laughs> not a fan, but uh, I don't care if it's done to me. So, yeah, I know I'm weird. Uh, number 12. There are a lot of weird noises, so get over it. Huh. No kidding. Oh, whoa, there it is. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, never thought I'd get my dick sucked.
Oh yeah, mm. caress my balls too. Oh, right there. Fuck yeah, I can feel your tonsils on my cock. <laughs> Ooh, semen. Here, let me fuck your face again. Oh, here, let me fuck your face again then. Don't be... Oh, right there. Oh, right there. You get the point. <laughs> Number 13. If she says don't pull out, absolutely pull out. <laughs> Uh, number four, I'm not even going to like touch that subject. I don't, that's, you know, like to each his own and, uh, you know, buyer beware. <laughs> number 14, if he or she asked who your fantasy fuck is, don't say his, her best friend. Dear, if you could have sex with anyone, who would it be? Oh, my God. You know your friend. Uh, <laughs> yes, you're going you're gonna to want to make that fantasy fuck, uh, as it's worded. You're going to make that fantasy cheat. Uh, someone who's absolutely unattainable or possibly not even alive anymore, you know, so that you do not get in trouble. Uh, number 15, cut, file your nails before fingering. Yeah, that sounds horribly awful. And fuck. I mean, uh, wow. I mean, I keep my nails really trim anyway, but wow. Uh, yeah, that's, that sounds terrible. You know, like I'm just thinking in my own terms here, like I go to get a, uh, a, a prostate exam. The doctor's got like one of those cocaine nails, right? Yeah, we just check. Jesus, it tears your freaking guts up. Yeah, that's a good. That's good advice. Number sixteen, take off your fucking socks. <laughs> I've heard that that can be a problem with some women that they do not take their socks. You know, women are always cold, so you gotta leave the socks on so the little feet don't get cold. Number seventeen, final one of the unspoken rules of sex. When switching from any position to doggy style, do not yell beast mode. <laughs> okay well i don't think i have enough time to do i had another segment i'm already uh I'm already 26 minutes into the show here, and I am actually going to have to go to work pretty soon, and i got to put this together and upload it and everything. Uh, so I, I was going to do a whole thing on Will Smith. I came across this interview where this guy who used to be friends slash bodyguard with Will Smith talked about he walked in on Will Smith getting pounded in the ass, and uh, I'm like... I, I mean, he goes into full detail about a lot of private uh, things on Will Smith's life, and he has not, uh, no one has come out in the media and said, dude's lying, or Will Smith has not said, I'm suing for libel, or anything like that, so, I don't know, you know, the whole, I, I, look, I don't usually care about celebrities' lives because they're people I don't know. But sometimes you get involved with people or you grew up really loving an actor or actress and, you know, you do care about what happens to them. And I'm not, like, fully invested into Will Smith, but he's brought me a lot of joy throughout my life. The Fresh Prince was hilarious, and he went on to make a lot of very, very good movies, both dramatic and comedic. 
and I really like him as an actor. And I don't really know what kind of person he is. I mean, he seems like he's okay enough of a guy. He's not a piece of shit. He's not like, uh, he, you know, he's not Keanu Reeves, but he, he, he's, he's not a philanthropist or anything, but he seems like an okay enough guy to where, you know, I, I could say I really love him as an actor. And he, to see this Jada Smith, Pinkett Smith thing that's been going on, it, it concerns me because as someone who's been in almost every type of relationship possible, albeit uh, very, very good or very, very bad, I could see that Will Smith is in love with a woman who he hates, I mean, who, uh, who doesn't seem to care for him at all. And he is, he's like absolutely infatuated with her and she's fucked around on him and she's manipulated him and she has just trashed him in the media, whether intentionally or not. I mean, they, she's been in interviews where they've both been in the interview and she said horrible things, talked about the people she slept with. And, you know, when that whole Oscar slapping thing happened, when Chris Rock took one across the face, that wasn't Will Smith being mad at Chris Rock, dude. That was Will Smith taking out his anger uh, because of how embarrassed he was because of how much of a fool Jada had made of him. And you can see when you watch the Oscar slap that Chris Rock makes a joke uh, and that's what Chris Rock does. That's his thing. And. Jada looks at Will like, are you going to do something? I know that look. I've been married to that look. Uh, the devil used to do that shit to me all the time. If she didn't like how someone was acting or talking, she would look at me with expectations that I was going to be the bad guy and make it stop, which I most of the time did not because it was an unreasonable request for me to just be ugly to people because she didn't like them. And Jada gave him the look and he stood up in front of millions of people in all over the world in America. And he slapped Chris rock. And then he was crying about it later. And you know why? Because he's just such an emotional wreck over this woman that he did something that was just so stupid. I mean, just a horrible move on his part. And, and he, he snapped, he, he's, he's at his wits in. And if Will Smith is, uh, getting pile drived in the B hole, I would not be surprised. I mean, I could see Will Smith. Will Smith is actually playing a gay man. Uh, he played in Six Degrees of Separation, uh, he, an old movie, like early 90s, I think. He played a gay con man. That was, if you've ever heard the expression Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, that is a ripoff of the movie Six Degrees of Separation. Uh, it's a, it's, I saw it like, oh my God, I think it was like in 1994 when I saw that movie and it come out somewhere around that time. And it's a movie about how we are all connected by six degrees of separation, which is how the game of six degrees of Kevin Bacon is played. Although that's the really gay version. They say that you could connect everyone to Kevin Bacon through six people. So it's like a little game that people like to play, but they would, they say that anyone in the world in this movie, they say that anyone in the world can be connected through six people, six degrees of separation. So for instance, if I was to say, Oh, my mom knew a guy from uh, in school who now lives in Africa and he knows a girl, you see what I'm saying? You have to, you connect yourself all the way back over to someone somewhere in the world because you all, we are all connected. And anyway, it's played by it's, I think it's Will Smith's first movie. 
and he plays a gay con man and he plays him well and he does a lot of dude smooching uh and i man i need to rewatch that i'm going to see if the nerds uh would like to have a group watch on that and talk about it uh if you're listening carlos lafayette let's watch 6 degrees of separation i'll have you guys on next week and then we'll we'll talk about the movie and then we'll talk about the will smith uh jada pinkett thing uh, i've got some I've, I've got the interview I have it loaded up and I was going to play it, but I just don't, uh, you know what? Fuck it. And I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And, uh, you guys that are listening, Lafayette, Carlos, uh, pay attention. This is a guy. I, I can't remember his name. I didn't write it down and I didn't commit it to memory, but he is an ex guard slash friend. Uh, apparently Will Smith wrote about him in his book and I did not know that Will Smith wrote a book. I don't know why everyone has to write a book, but this is the first, it's, the whole interview is only three minutes long. So let me play the first clip of it and then we'll discuss it. And then I'll play the second clip. You looked at my Instagram, mm-hmm. you see the hundreds of celebrities that I've done business with, you know, done things with during the latter years of our relationship. Will was not my friend. I was his friend. I was around before they had Trey. Jada was the woman that everybody wanted and Will needed that validation to have that type of woman. You saw her say that Will Smith had a small dick? Oh, I am saying to you, if a woman is used to something the size of a baby leg and you come in with a pinky toe, there's nothing you can do to please her. You can buy her 80 cars. You can get her 80 private jets. If she's itching for that baby leg, she want that baby leg. You can beat a person so much that they fall into submission. Who needs enemies when they got friends like you? Oh, I could tell you what goes on in, in, on the inside. Everybody else is just speculation. Somebody told me I made my pictures in the book. You know, your, yeah, your pictures in the book and your name is in the book. So I'm just like, you're doing some real elegant pimp. I'm blowing you up. I love that. I'm I blowing love you up. Okay, so that last part right there, I, I mean, I'm not doing a video podcast today and I, I wasn't playing the video anyway. I stripped the audio, but that was him and Will Smith kind of like at the book signing or whatever. So, I mean, this is legit. Will Smith is in in the video that I saw is with this guy who's being interviewed and Will Smith's like, yeah, you're in the book. I talk about you. I'm blowing you up. So this dude's not full of shit, man. He was a legitimate, huge part of Will Smith's life. So much to the point that he put him in Will Smith, he put it you know, in his book. So that is undeniable. The fact that this man was a part of Will Smith's life is undeniable. Whether the things he says are true or not. You know, is obviously none of us can know until un- unless someone like Jada or Will confirms any of these things. Also, gross for using the expression "baby leg" to refer to a man's penis. That is just so g- nasty to me. But anyway, uh, so the first part there is talking about Will's got a small dang dong, and uh, apparently she's been getting hit with the massive hog. And I didn't even know that that was a thing. I didn't know Will Smith had been accused of having a small dick. But if Jada Pinkett actually did go around saying that Will Smith had a small dick and she then and Will Smith knows about it, then it's just one more thing that she's done to destroy this man's mind. And at this point, I mean, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, don't be surprised if a murder suicide happens. And I hope not, God forbid, but you know, this, all right. So that's the first, uh, part of the interview. And there's like another minute and a half here 
where he discusses uh, Will Smith getting one in the poop shoot. Let's go ahead and roll tape on that. This is what Jada makes the new people do. And I ain't going to say no. They probably been there after myself, mm-hmm. right? They will make you check into a rehab. And they'll pay for the rehab. Even though you're not on drugs, they're going to pay for the rehab. And you have to go if you want to work with them. And then I saw sexual acts that I, when I walked in on. Who'd you walk in on? Him and Dwayne Martin. Okay. Hollywood is the hurry up and, and, and wait game. So three minutes later after them telling me, hey, you got eyes on Will. You got, we, we, we need him to come watch this. So I'm running all over the, the, the studio. He's not in his dressing room. I go to the cafeteria. I'm like, well, but I see his car there. I'm like, where's this guy at? So now I'm holding Dwayne down too. So I have the keys to his dressing room. So I'm like, yo, and they're calling my, my, they, I'm on walkie talkie and they're calling my cell phone. Yo, we need to get Will here. I'm like, yo, Kind of fucked down. Like I'm trying to find is like this is this is unlike him, right? So all right, I open the um door to Dwayne's dressing room, and that's when I see Dwayne and having anal sex with Will. Let me process that for a second. There was a couch and um Will was bent over on the couch and Dwayne was standing up, killing him. Murder. Like murder. It was murder in there. Okay. What did you do? Even when I was with the dare and headlights and I finally said, oh, shit. Okay. So, um, yeah, that is pretty explicit, you know? So you got, uh, let's, let's wrap our heads around that scenario. Dude's trying to find Will. Someone's trying to get a hold of him because they're filming or something. I don't know who Dwayne Martin is. Don't care. But either way, Dwayne Martin's dressing room, dude's got the keys to it. He busts the door open. Will Smith is bent over the couch, getting murdered in the beehole by Dwayne Martin. Now that's, uh, but you know, honestly, I could see it. I just, I mean, if, if I found out Will was gay, I would not be the least bit surprised. Now, I'll, I got. I say I'm. I am surprised though that he's he's receiving because, you know, with Jada and the kids and the long marriage. I mean, it seemed like if he was hurt and angry, he'd be the one that wanted to be pile driving somebody's butthole. But again, you never know what, what lies in the hearts of men. What goes on in someone's head. Uh, so I'm going to wrap this up now and let you guys try and wrap your heads around what the, uh, the news I just gave you. And again, I'm going to try and get the nerds to talk to me about it. I'm going to see if I can get them to guest on the show. So Lafayette, Carlos, one of you or both of you, I would love to have on the show to talk about what I just talked about. And if you can sneak in watching six degrees of separation, and we'll talk about that too. Get a hold of me. I'll get a hold of you. I'm sorry. I don't mean to use my podcast as like my personal messenger. Uh, thank you to everyone who's supportive of the show. Thank you to everyone who tunes in and keep listening. Even though I am sporadically putting out episodes, the numbers continue to stay high, and that makes me happy. Don't forget to check out the YouTube page, Joey Valentine, the TikTok, Joey Valentine, Joey, Joey Valentine. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, have a great rest of your week. Be very, very safe on New Year. If you're going to drink, please don't drive. 
If you're going to drink and you need to go somewhere, take an Uber. In fact, if you're going to do anything on New Year's, don't be on the road at all, okay? It's just a bad idea, all right? Even if you are sober and you are safe, you can still get creamed by someone else on the road who is not smart enough to know better, okay? I love you all. I care about you very much, and I don't want anybody losing their life over the holiday. All right, so here's to a happy new 2024. Tell everyone that you love them. I suppose you can hug your kids if that uh, means anything to you, but definitely kiss your kitty cats and please be nice. I will see you in 2024. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. Born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all Shooting some b-ball outside of the school When a couple of guys who were up to no good Started making trouble in my neighborhood I got in one little fight and my mom got scared And said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel-Air I begged and pleaded with her day after day But she packed my suitcase and sent me on my way She gave me a kiss and then she gave me my ticket I put my walkman on and said, I might as well kick it First class, yo, this is bad. Drinking orange juice out of a champagne glass. Is this what the people are...